Have you ever given any thought to the real cause of death medically for our Lord and Savior on the cross? Could the Word of God provide an answer to what, medically speaking, killed Jesus? I just wonder, if you turn with me to John chapter 19, I want you to start looking at John chapter 19, verse 34. We will get to John 19, 34 in just a couple of moments. Let me remind you that crucifixion was a nasty way to execute a criminal. Crucifixion was invented by the Phoenicians, but the Romans took it to a fine art. Roman crucifixion was the most humiliating, prolonged, and painful means of execution known to man. The condemned man was first tied to the crossbeam, and then sharpened iron nails were driven through the palms of his hands. First the right hand, and then the left. Next, the condemned was lifted up by the horizontal crossbeam, and then it was secured to an already erected vertical downbeam. A peg which served as a rest seat was attached to the down beam, and then the victim's feet were overlapped and nailed to the cross beam, the down beam. Four soldiers were assigned to each condemned crucifix victim by the law of the Roman Empire, four. And these men often were constrained to watch for several days as the crucified man bled and gasped for breath became dehydrated, and ultimately suffocated. Usually the soldiers would hasten death by shattering the victim's shin bones so that he could no longer push up to catch a breath in his lungs. Sometimes they would expedite physical death by building a bonfire at the foot of a victim's cross and that smoke from the bonfire would accelerate suffocation. Jesus, of course, they broke not one bone of his in fulfillment of messianic prophecy in the Old Testament. Yes, crucifixion was a particularly nasty way to be executed. But I submit this evening that the Lord Jesus Christ did not die of suffocation. I would submit to us tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ died of a ruptured heart, a broken heart. Do you know how I believe that Jesus died of a broken heart? John 19, verse 34. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately there came out blood and water. Let me read some of the verses in John chapter 19 that leads up to that key verse of 34. Let me start reading at verse 29. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. 
The Jews, therefore, because it was the day of preparation so that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other man who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. And again, verse 34, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately there came out blood and water. Verse 35, and he who has seen has borne witness and his witness is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you also may believe. Friends, I would submit to us this evening that the sudden flow of blood and water indicated that Jesus Christ had physically died, most probably of a ruptured heart. For when the heart bursts, blood intermingles with the watery fluid which surrounds the heart in the sac called the pericardium. And Jesus' broken heart and its issuing blood, that blood of Jesus' broken heart, mingled with the water of the pericardium sac around Jesus' heart. And when the soldier pierced him under the ribs, immediately blood and water gushed out. I point out this evening that Jesus Christ probably died of a broken heart and not of suffocation on the cross for a reason. The problem is never the problem. The problem is never the problem. You would think that being nailed to a cross, losing blood, dehydrating, and nearly suffocating would be the problem. But in reality, that wasn't the problem. The problem was the world's sin. All of your sins, they were the problem. All of my sins, they were the real problem. For Jesus didn't suffocate. Jesus died of a broken heart. In 2 Corinthians 5, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, we read, He, God the Father, made him, God the Son, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, Christ. And then going to the first gospel, Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 46 reads, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was the problem. Our sins caused God the Father to temporarily forget his son. For the first time in Mark history, God the Father's intimate fellowship with his son was breached, broken. God the Father, as it were, turned his figurative back on God the Son while God the Son bore our sins in his body on the tree. The problem was our sins. And even the created nature 
sympathized with the sin-induced distancing between God the Father and the sin-bearer, God the Son, Jesus Christ. Even nature commiserated. Matthew 27, verse 45 at this time. Now from the sixth hour, that was noon, darkness fell upon the land until the ninth hour. That was 3 p.m. It doesn't go jet black in Bahamaland between noon and 3 p.m. And it did not go jet black in Palestine until that day when Jesus bore your sins and mine on the cross because from noon until 3 p.m., nature was sympathetic with the first forever time broken fellowship between God the Father and God the Son induced by our sin being born by Jesus on the tree. And so as we come to this table tonight, set for the born-again believer in Christ, remember the problem is never the problem. Jesus died to deal with the real problem, our sins. And remember, please, that Christ's real medical cause of death was a broken heart due to his fellowship with his Father being temporarily broken as he bore our sins, as he carried our iniquities, our vileness, our rebelliousness were carried by Jesus. And that was devastating to him and devastating to the Father and sympathetically devastating to creation. So I make two appeals. I appeal to any who are here tonight in the sound of my voice without a saving faith in Jesus. Be saved. Transfer your trust to the finished work of Christ. Tomorrow may be too late. Second appeal I make is that come to this table in fellowship with the Savior, but leave this sanctuary still in fellowship with the Savior. And if anything breaks your fellowship with the Savior, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, before you come to the sanctuary, deal with it, confess it, admit it, call out for the promised forgiveness that is ours as we confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness.